I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Karen Elizabeth is an educator, crafter, and dancer who believes in the power of art and education to heal and empower. From software to jewelry to Cuban salsa and many things in between, she uses artistic outlets to process experiences, express truths, and connect with her community. A firm advocate of holistic wellness, Karen is currently pursuing a degree in massage therapy. Oh, and she's my baby sister. Well, I must say this is very exciting to have my baby sister on the podcast. (laughs) Hi, Satya. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's crazy. I don't, I was like, Satya, I don't actually know the last time I've heard her call me Satya. That's fun. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's, it's sissy or the like all the time. Yes. Sissy or tea is, is usually. Yeah. Yeah. So in any case, um, thank you for being willing to be on the podcast. Of course. It's my honor. Thank you. All right. So to start off, I would like to ask, when you hear the word mother, what comes to mind? What is a mother to you? Uh, so I've, I've been thinking about this, and it's actually interesting because the first thing that I really think of is actually like, the first thing that popped into my head was it's a verb. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to a noun, because I think that has conceptualizing it that way has really helped me think about how mothers have shown up in my life um, in a different way than, especially when I was younger, thinking about a mother as a noun and that just being this like very small box of the like person who bears you and or like raises you um of the female persuasion and being older now and having thought about it more my definition is definitely expanded to be more about you know all of all of the people in my life that have mothered me are those people who have been have been guides and confidants and kind of like truth tellers and and showers in my life um so women who have helped me see myself more clearly and who have helped me see kind of my evolution um and have who have supported me on that path mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and what do you think were the greatest like influences in that evolution of the way that you view what it means to be a mother? Um, so some of the, the primary mothers in my life were probably the biggest influences for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so like 
you were a huge influence for that. Um, I can, I'm going to fully put out there that when I was younger, I was not pleased to be mothered by you. And I'm so sorry. Um, but I was not pleased. But I think where I got to a place where I was like, oh, this influence has been integral to me surviving and thriving and coming to a place of, of self-knowledge and acceptance um, that once, once I could see that and get out of my, like, younger sibling, oh, go away, big sister, <laughs> um, then I could, I could really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also our Aunt Dory, that's been, been really big for me just to see, even from a distance, because we didn't live together or even in the same city for very much time, mm-hmm. um, but even from a distance, how, she shows up um, for us and for me. That was really huge. Um, and I think in terms of like experiences influencing it, um, I have a complex relationship with our mother, as you know. Um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, the the transformation of that relationship and then the, the like letting go of it mm-hmm. um, was huge. And for a moment, I you know felt a little bit untethered in in that wanting of that kind of relationship until I started to see that it was like oh I I do still have this relationship just not with that person mm-hmm. um, yeah so kind of with that in mind when you think of who your mothers are or who your mother is who do you think of and then if you wouldn't mind speaking to the transformation that you've gone through with your, our biological mother, um, yeah, that would be great too. For sure. Um, so I start, I'll start with it. It's the easier part is like, who, who do I have as mothers in my life, especially right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, not for nothing you you mother me on a regular basis still and it's it's lovely um it's glorious uh but so you uh my auntie is a big one our auntie is a big one uh I definitely have friends that mother me um mm-hmm. I think that in different ways we we mother each other um like where one of us has strengths or a vantage point that the other can be supported mm-hmm. with in their evolution that we we do that for each other um and those are the deepest friendships that i have um other people that have mothered me my grandmother our grandmother mm-hmm. um mothered me very very much and i think very well uh i mean you know <laughs> ebbs and flows uh not some great times but overall mm-hmm. pretty good um and then so for our mother, um, you know, the, I guess we'll get to like the, the biggest part of the transformation, then we can go into more of the, the prior times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel so strange telling this story because it's like, <laughs> it's so, so much overlap with your story. Um, but. <laughs> But we'll, we'll take it from my perspective. Okay. Um, so, 
Uh, I would say like probably where the rupture really started um, was essentially getting into high school and getting more independent um, and attending a boarding school, having that distance and starting to see that like, oh, the way that we were raised and came up and how our relationships were and how our household was, wasn't the norm necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, There weren't a lot of my friends that shared a lot of those experiences. And so I started to look at them and be like, okay, I don't know what this is. Um, And I think that also just put additional tension in, you know, coming back home and just, just getting older um, Mm -hmm. and my personality and priorities shifting. Um, So once you got it, I, once I got into high school, there were a few different times where, you know, my biological mother would stop speaking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other mothers in my life would really step up to the plate at that moment. Um, But right before my senior year, uh, more or less she she gave me an ultimatum um, that I could either attend your wedding um, or that my stuff was going to be out. and I, I had mentally prepared myself already for that possibility because I knew that it did exist. Um, but I, I saw it as a moment of, I have a choice here to stand by my values and what's important to me and how I want to define myself or to fit somebody else's definition of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that moment, you know, I, I chose me and I chose the people that, I cared about and that I had shown that they were invested in my growth um, and in my own self-love and self-respect. And basically since then, we haven't had almost any contact, um, which I think has been tough, but I think overall a, a healthier environment for me, which I think is, you know, challenging for a lot of, a lot of folks that don't have relationships with people who have mothered them. And I know, I I know obviously how long it's been, but how long has that been? It's been 10 years. Yes, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I think a little bit over 10 years now. Um, but yeah, it's been a decade. That that was one of the weird things is that because it coincided essentially with when I graduated high school and I realized it was my 10 year reunion, it was like, oh, wow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's still like I've I've come to understand, at least logically and like in my head that I'm not the one that made you make that choice but it's still like when you tell that story it still like breaks my heart it makes me sad that it breaks your heart because it it breaks it breaks mine a little bit too because it's just put it really blunt it's a really shitty ultimatum to put on someone at 17 Um, (laughs) at at, at 17 but I mean at any point but you know (laughs) (laughs) but especially like you know, not a full, not a full adult yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. By no stretch of the imagination. But two things: one, you didn't put on the ultimatum, and two, for me, when I look back at it, I mostly see it as that moment where, like, I stood up for myself. Mm. Um, where, you know, 
I, I'm, I guess a little bit sad that it had to happen in a situation Mm -hmm. of like, I stood up for myself against, or like in, in contrast to what my biological mother wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but still mostly when I look back, I see it as a moment of like, of, of integrity, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and of, of self knowledge and self worth that I I don't entirely know looking back at it that I was confident I would have had at that point. Mm. Um, like I, I, I genuinely have a sense of pride for like, that was a really strategic situation. And like, it, it was a decision that like led to more heartache as well, mm-hmm. but I'm still proud of myself for it. Like what, what I did and how I showed up. And I think what, like what you did and how you showed up in that situation are things that like we can, if not be proud of, at least like sit with in, in a degree of comfort or I hope so. Um, So speaking of, you know, the way that people show up for you, what is your first memory of being mothered? It's funny that one of my most distinct memories of being mothered might actually be more about my response to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those memories that I'm not sure if it if it actually exists in my brain or if I've just rehearsed it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of the times that you came home from from boarding school, from high school. Mm-hmm. So I must have been like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you tried to do my hair or like uh-huh. get me to stop like <laughs> while and out. I was doing something just too much. And you told me to get my act together. And I told you to go back to school. With you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told you I didn't want you there. And in, in a retrospect, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know how she forgave me. I'm so lucky. Cause I was a savage. Um, but like in, in thinking about my earliest memories of being like, oh, somebody actually mothering me and being like, hi, <laughs> like you need to be safe and secure and take care of yourself and behave. <laughs> Emphasis on the behave in this instance. And of course I could forgive you. I mean, you just said you were seven or eight. That's Miles's age. Like what could he do that you wouldn't forgive him for? This is true. I still couldn't imagine Little Bear ever being that savage. <laughs> I came for your neck. <laughs> oh, listen, uh, we we carried. I mean, and to a certain extent, we still, you know, carry some pain. But you know, we were all kids, and you know, you and I were kids, and we're doing our best to manage adult situations you know and I am proud that you know I mean in some ways it's tough because I had to mature in ways that now looking back on it 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 doesn't seem fair but I think part of being able to respond to you and to do the best that I could to give you what you need was had had a lot to do with that 
you know, maturing. And I think Mm -hmm. even if not entirely, I was still able to recognize that you were managing your pain as best you could. And at seven or eight years old, that might look like just go back where you came from. Like, don't tell me what to do or what I need to be doing or how I need to be behaving you know, the, the, the world is collapsing around me. Don't you see that? You know? And I, and I think that's how, that's how I, I forgave you almost because to me, there wasn't anything to forgive. I still appreciate very much that you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to be effusive about my appreciation (laughs) for it. Because not for nothing, you were also, if I was seven or eight, you were 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah. You were also the baby. But sometimes I feel like I was never a baby. (laughs) That might be accurate. Um, Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, laugh so you won't cry. Oh, that's been a mantra for our whole lives, huh? Yeah. 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 That also speaks to our humor, but I will, (laughs) I will, I will stay on track here. Um, So, and this is, this is going to feel like a a loaded question, but. Why? (laughs) What do you think was most challenging for you specifically about the ways in which you were mothered? Like what felt like it clashed the most with who you are and your spirit? I can only, I like, I only started to acknowledge this um, well into college. Uh, I took a Myers-Briggs test. I think you would have told me this ages ago, uh, but I did not put it together until sophomore, junior year of college. I took a Myers-Briggs test, and it told me I was slightly in the extrovert side, and I was like, no, I'm not. Um, And then everyone I knew was like, what are you talking about? You're fully extrovert. You messed up the test. Um, And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, but now I, I fully recognize, yes, I, I am an extrovert with introvert tendencies. But as we were growing up, we were essentially a household of introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very much, I think, what our mother preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, it was, I think, more introverted tendencies were easier to manage and mm-hmm. for us to not be as connected with with outside folks and other folks that might mother us Mm -hmm. um, in a way that may have been threatening to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I I, like sometimes look back and think about like if my extroverted tendencies had been encouraged, Mm -hmm. what would my life and experiences have looked like? Mm -hmm. Um, Like Mm -hmm. what, what things would I, would I have done in what ways would I have been, braver and more outgoing and and different things of that nature um because i i think i i try to squash those tendencies as much as possible on the other side uh there are many things that were challenging um it's just like lack of like 
trust and implicit safety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, I think even even the behaving in a more introverted way than I think my nature actually is mm-hmm. um, was in part because I don't think any of us were ever entirely sure that like A plus B equals C. Right. If I do A and B, the reaction will be C. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a degree of volatility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not having that sense of of ability to trust in what the day was going to hold mm-hmm. um, in response from our mom mm-hmm. um, just, I think, in- increased levels of anxiety overall um, and, like, encouraged my own reactionary tendencies. Mm. And when you say, you know, trust, do you mean you were not trusted or that you or you're speaking to you couldn't trust your surroundings or you couldn't trust people? Both, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I definitely didn't feel like there was really much trust put in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there were there was like some responsibilities or expectations placed on there, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot of trust that like I would get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, even little things like schooling, like I think I always felt really anxious to get really good grades mm-hmm. because of what might happen if I didn't, but also because I didn't feel like there was much faith that I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other hand, um, I had a lot of affection for our mother, mm-hmm. but I never knew what to expect from her. Like I could, I could not trust how she would show up at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I tried to be as affectionate as possible, which maybe I was trying to be quite that affectionate as well to to garner positive attention when I wasn't sure that, that would be forthcoming. Mm-hmm. So was there any part of of growing up and being mothered that felt like it was aligned with your spirit and who you are and what you needed? So for three years... Um, basically through middle school we lived um with our aunt um in atlanta uh and i think while i was down there there are ways that she helped mother me Mm -hmm. that aligned really well um i think that she could see that like all i ever wanted to do was explore um but like give me a, a task or a challenge or something to learn and just like let me go um, and I would be on top of it mm-hmm. and she facilitated that very very much um, like she while I was down there she was a the person that found ways to get me into camps and to start playing musical instruments and just fueled all of that creative fire and drive mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 
really aligned. And she was also someone where I felt like my my personality and quirks and just like me mm-hmm. uh, was valued. Mm-hmm. That she saw me and was like, ah, yes, like this this is a person that that has value that she has affection for, and that sh- she was very consistent with me mm-hmm. um, while we lived with her. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then thinking not just about mom, but also about Aunt Dory and even about me, if you would like, what do you think, and even about Nanny, um, our grandmother, um, what are the lessons that you think your mother's tried the hardest to impart to you? What were the lessons that we wanted you to come away with? Mm. I'm gonna start with Nanny. Yeah. Because I can, like, literally in my mind that hear the kind of story that she would tell me all of the time that if I had to summarize it is basically, like, don't take anything on your shoulders that isn't yours. Um, mm. if, if somebody talks to you sideways and you don't know what that's about or somebody's like, oh my God, did you hear that person insult you? No. Um, like I, mm-hmm. okay, maybe they had a little bit of an attitude, but maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Mm-hmm. The number of times she literally told me the story and said that she would respond to people, I don't know, maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to just like as as much as possible if you don't have to take it on, let it roll off your shoulder. Um, Cause there's, there's enough else going on and to take care of that. You don't need to get caught up in all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was such a big one. Uh, yeah. And I, the extent to which she told me that story was also her watching me grow up and hearing me tell stories and being like, Hmm. <laughs> on to too much. Karen is getting too caught up in too much bullshit. Um, <laughs> let me remind you, little one. No BS. We're not doing that. Um. So that was huge. Um. For you, I don't. I don't know if this is what you have intended to impart. Um. but I think probably the biggest two things that I I have gotten from you and I think just being in relationship with you and being mothered by you constantly reminds me to to like think about how I how I bring this into my life is leading with love like as as much as possible um like i i see it in how you show up with your kids and with my brother <laughs> uh, <laughs> with like all of your siblings and all of your family but even people in your community even people or situations that i know are annoying you uh, mm-hmm. but the way that you show up and address them i feel like always comes from a place of love um instead of of anger of anything else um now i do think (laughs) 
you could approach yourself sometimes more with love. But the thing that I do also, the, the second thing that I see, um, and that has been one of the biggest impacts for me is to just like always keep working and always keep fighting. Because um, I, you know, regardless of of barriers and of setbacks and things, I, you are somebody that I always see when they have to like duck and weave, duck and weaving. And when it's a good <laughs> moment to like stop and regroup that you're like, bet, okay, this is like a moment of pause and of breath. And so I'm going to take a minute to reflect and regroup and proceed forward. Um, or duck and weave a little bit. <laughs> um, but there, there's always this forward momentum and n- no complacency. Um, mm-hmm. Like there, there's always passion and drive there, even when there are barriers. Um, and I've definitely had moments where I've, I, I have felt a little bit complacent or, you know, with the world being what it is, felt a little bit like, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what we do with this. Do we just let it be? Because, like, at whether all of all of the problems, pre-2020, 2020, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, having you and that, kind of like passion and drive and I don't know if you would say that you're super hopeful but I feel like this hope (laughs) and and vision of like yes I can make like my existence and that of my circle better like I see that and I'm like all right well yeah I gotta I gotta I gotta woman up (laughs) I gotta make moves I gotta figure out what the moves are first but you gotta make moves Um, gotta contribute to the cause let's go um, and I think that I, I have gotten that from you and your, just your presence in my life. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Doing my best not to cry. <laughs> you cry a little bit. Listen, if you cry though, I'm gonna cry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good at not doing it when nobody else is, but the minute somebody else is, <laughs> Kind of weird noises, but it's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, how do you think? Well, no, let me back up and ask. Mm. Are there any? I wasn't gonna ask, but I think I will ask. Are there any lessons that you learned from mom that you carry? Mm. there's some nature nurture questions in that for me Mm. Uh, like what did I learn from her versus what did I inherit from her right right right. um yeah I think I learned from her I learned or inherit not sure um but a couple of things and sometimes they show up in me or I notice them and I feel a great deal of pause mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no I don't know if I like how this is showing up in me um but one one is um just like a, a healthy skepticism of people's motivation sometimes <laughs> and I think that's that's learned um I think for the most part but uh um, unless 
uh, sometimes unless I I've already someone has already earned my trust um, or once I feel like I've been given a reason to doubt in trusting someone mm-hmm. um, I have I have a skeptical streak um, mm-hmm. and I think that comes from being mothered by her mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that shows up that I feel some conflict about sometimes is you know once once somebody that's been in my life has repeatedly I felt like I'm I'm trying to refill their cup um, but they're never refilling mine mm-hmm. uh, even if I've talked to them about it that I will like let those friendships become looser mm-hmm. at least um, like I, I will stop doing so much of the work mm-hmm. uh, and just see if the other person picks up the slack mm-hmm. um, part of the reason that gives me so much pause is because as you know um, our mom would drop people yes. um, she would actively like excise them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and so sometimes I'll see myself have that tendency and be like, oh, no, like, <laughs> am I uh, ostracizing people when when it was not warranted? And I try not to actively ostracize people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I just be like, all right, I feel like I'm maintaining the relationship. I'm going to maintain it a little bit less mm-hmm. um, and see if it really matters to the other person because she would actively ostracize people um and and from us um and that is something that i think had a really negative impact on us Mm -hmm. um and i don't want to continue in my life um and then on potentially the more positive generally side um she's very charismatic yes Uh, (laughs) very highly yeah, incredibly charismatic. Um, and I think I have the, bil- the ability to turn that on mm-hmm. when I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another thing that because of being raised by her, there's times that I notice myself turned on and I'm like, ooh. Like, it, it feels to me sometimes similar to code switching and like, mm-hmm. am I code switching too much? Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I turning the charisma on too much? Like, mm-hmm. to a specific end? Um, or is this still a genuine attraction that I'm having. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I can, I can see that. I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where like people I don't really know will like tell me, disclose things about their life in the Uh street. And I'm like, for real? You want (laughs) to tell me all this? (laughs) Um, but I, I feel like I get that from her. Like mom, with like anyone. I mean, ninety five percent of the people that we ever introduced to mom, friends, boyfriends, whatever, loved her. First time meeting her, loved her straight out the gate. Yeah. And you know that that um, magnetism, I think, is something that I I get from her, and that I think we get from her. Um, Ashton Carp, it feels like a superpower. Just you know, you gotta wield right? it well. I was thinking about like yesterday when we we're all supposed to get superpowers. I was like, you know, if it just enhances something we naturally have, mm-hmm. like that would be it for her. I think. <laughs> that, 
I don't I don't know that she needs it any more enhanced though. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's true. That's true though. That's true. Um, <laughs> um so how do you think being black affected or maybe didn't affect affect your experience with being mothered? Did it factor in or no? And if it did, how did it factor in? Mm-hmm. I think it factored in a multitude of really nuanced ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first places that my mind immediately went were to how did us being black affect our mom Mm -hmm. Uh, and just like her lived experience and the way that she came up and on multiple levels of like from when she would be with me in the street and people would ask her like who's I who's I was um and just to be clear for people who are listening your your dad is white Yes, my dad is white. I am very light-skinned. Um, and so, she, like, she would be asked that upon occasion. I don't have many memories of those because I don't have many memories. Um, but uh, I know that it happened. Um, but then, you know, also thinking about were there ways that... Um, were there ways that how she was raised and Mm -hmm. if that was impacted by blackness shaped how she mothered Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because there were definitely she had complicated relationships with her family Mm -hmm. um, and how she was mothered or not really very well mothered right um yeah 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 i think there's many many so with the complicated you know journey Mm. of being mothered that you you know experienced how did you learn to mother yourself and how do you mother yourself sometimes pretty well and sometimes not very well at all (laughs) Uh, but I'm working on it um so I think I started trying to mother myself by just emulating the mothers in my life like they're your voices in my head that sometimes I'd be having a moment just be like mm-hmm. what would T say to me right now mm-hmm. um that's honestly oftentimes where I'm like, mm, self, you're being a brat in your head because you're one of the people in my life that I know. I'm like, <laughs> you get to quote me in my place and I will just be like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, she right, she right. Um, I think that besides that, the other thing that has helped my self-mothering evolve has been the opportunities I've had to mother other people mm-hmm. um especially your babies uh, so thanks yeah. uh, 
<laughs> I love them so much. Uh, and especially as the girls get older, um, how old are they? Are they? She's still 14, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Soon to be 15 <laughs> and 13. I don't know how I feel about any of it. Uh, <laughs> but as they're getting older and their needs change and our relationship evolves as they're getting older, um, you know, there's there's different ways in which I have a, a mothering element to our relationship mm-hmm. um, that really holds me to mothering myself better. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like to feel like a hypocrite. Right, <laughs> if I'm going right. to mother them in a certain way, I'm like, as best as I humanly can, because, like, those, those are my little humans. Yeah. Ah! Um, I better do right by them. And I'm like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> I better do right by me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it just, it, it holds me to be very honest with myself because I always also want to be honest with them and with you mm-hmm. um, to just to, to be better about it with myself. Um, it is the other other reason that at the first opportunity, I will live in community with y'all because <laughs> that's yes. what I do. Mm, you got to be about it. I'm seeing y'all every day. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, so thinking about that experience, both with mothering yourself, mothering my little people, and the way that you were mothered, if someone, if someone was new to mothering and needed advice, what is something you would tell them to keep at the forefront of their mind? Something you would tell them to remember when mothering? I I like to go with my gut. And the first thing that came to my mind was to remember that you're not doing it alone Mm. um, and to be as open as you can with your community with your sisters um, in mothering. Because, uh, full disclosure, because I haven't actually said this on this, I do not have my own children. Um, <laughs> I have a fur baby and I have nieces and nephews and godkids that I love to pieces. Um, but I, I do not, you know, I don't, I don't have dependents at home that live with me. Right. Um, my babies but are your babies. They are my babies. Uh, but, you know, I... In in thinking about the advice that I would want to give myself as a new mother, I think the primary thing that I would be like, all right, when times get tough uh, or you're having a hard time with this, like, what might I do? And I could imagine myself closing off and just trying to like figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. um and I don't really think that that works um in general but especially in in trying to mother another human or multiple um Mm -hmm. because you know we we are a social creature and I think when you when you have a community that you can do that with that 
when you need help, they can help pick up the slack and they can also just bolster you and make you stronger mm-hmm. um, and remind you that you don't have to know everything, but together we can figure it out. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice to remember that you have a community and to try to be really open and honest with that community, especially when it's tough. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata. 